10 years, three boys, one question, are we friends? Tickety-boo, throw it in the stew, Cthulhu Patakin. <laughs> Come on. Come on. To Are We Friends, I am your co-host, Taylor. I am your co-co-host, Brian. And I'm Jorge. And this is the show where three boys who've known each other for ten years go through their interests one at a time to see if they are actually still friends anymore, or if they've just been in the same cult hidden in the bayou of Louisiana for long enough. This week, we are talking about an interest of Jorge's. Jorge, what are we talking about this week? Okay, so I it was Thank you. going to be H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft, but it's actually the Cthulhu Mythos, more specifically. Word up. Okay. Thus my incredibly apropos uh, introduction. Ah, <laughs> sure. uh, yes. I remember that <laughs> classic story location, uh, the, the classic H.P. Lovecraft story, Tiki Boo, and throw it in the stew? <laughs> Is that what you said? Well, I love that that's the one you nail the intro on, by the way. Yeah, the fucking one I'm the most mad at in, like, months. <laughs> well, no, it was one of those things, because I was saying tickety-boo, and H.P. Uh, Lovecraft tells all those fucking nonsense phrases that are nothing but apostrophes and consonants. Mm-hmm. And so There's like, very few of those. I was like, tickety-boo, can't think of anything else? Throw it in the stew. <laughs> Cthulhu Patakin. You, you were trying to make up gibberish, and you literally couldn't. You had to revert back to English. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a creature of words. I am. <laughs> Um, so the reason that I switched over to okay. Cthulhu Mythos is because, uh, and I'm sorry, Brian, because I know you did some research on him. I mean, I'm still going to talk about it anyway, but yeah, sure. Uh, well, so <laughs> I was going to start out with, uh, I was yeah, I started out venturing out to gather a list of uh, reasons to say, fuck you, Lovecraft, because he was a racist piece of shit. And I yes. wanted to gather f- a few of those things, but as I started doing more research on it, it's like, oh, you're like an extremely racist piece of shit. You're like bad. Yeah. There he, is like xenophobia. About, you're like he's bad not even, for the time even. Exactly. It's yeah. not even like, oh, it's just dealing with the racism of the moment. For those That's of you guys who don't know, the name of a cat that he had for years was N-Word Man. <laughs> I'm not going to say it out loud, yeah, but, just, you know, yeah. Yeah, so I couldn't bad. even. There's no list to gather. It, it was, was just his like, cat. It was, yeah. yeah. This is all, yeah, the, all the way down to the core, man. So, uh, yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, yeah, I don't. I honestly, I never took the time to find out where I where I land on separating an artist from their art. Can I can I just say one thing about him? Because m- basically, yeah. the the synopsis I was gonna do was he had a bunch of bad shit happen to him and his family. That's true, and was just bad and racist for it more and more. I mean, that's what happens exactly. to white people. Like, you could well, literally yeah, just, put H.P. Lovecraft yeah. on 8chan right now and he'd fit right in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but Died young and hateful and spiteful. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, but the his, his, his he started off actually kind of strong because his grandfather, who started telling him these weird stories from, like, old gothic novelists and stuff, was named, and I am being serious here, Whipple Van Buren Phillips. You're, you must be kidding. Whipple <laughs> Van Buren. What is that? Like a Sunday at Friendly's? A <laughs> Whipple? <laughs> yes, it is. Um. Yeah. So I don't. Sorry. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. So I don't know whether to separate. Regardless, I mean, the Cthulhu mythos, which he is, he's largely responsible for, but not completely responsible for. Correct. Uh, 
does like it is an important staple in like a lot of things that came after it you know it's very influential in in the horror genre so i'm going to focus mainly on on that and i feel like that's the way that most people who have taken from hp lovecraft look at it like no these stories are really cool the guy who wrote them is a piece of shit but like these are great stories people still try to make a lot of excuses for him i think of course they do because they want to like everything yeah but they're they're i mean down the down to the stories and the core of their message there's something very awful and xenophobic about a lot of them yes Um, Yeah, they're usually about some sort of foreign entity invading and usually taking over some very English-named guy. Oh, I was also thinking of, like, some of the main characters who aren't white guys who are either archaeologists who work at Miskatonic or journalists, like the Mongoloid. Like, okay, yeah, all right. With the dead eyes and the Mm -hmm. dark hair. Like, we get it, H.P. Lovecraft. We get it. Yeah, he certainly sets the setting. Um, so I saw an interesting way of separating out the Cthulhu mythos, which okay. I thought was pretty good. And it's uh, between stage one and stage two. Stage one primarily okay. being the time that Lovecraft was alive and could like preside over it and mandate which which way things the went. The dream cycle, a lot of those, like the events yeah. where he started forming the mythos. Yeah, his stories are, I think, primarily written from 1917 to 1936. So that, yes. That yeah. Whole, I can, can confirm those two dates. Because a uh, shadow out of time was... Uh, no, that's in the middle. What's the last one? Like Whisper in Darkness is one of the I don't last know the last the first there's one before Dagon, but Dagon's usually talked about. Dagon like is first. pretty much the benchmark of like you're officially starting this mythos. Yeah. Um, that's like his second story. He had a couple story. of stories. I was going to say it was like his third or yeah, second or third story that he had published. Yeah, so a, a little bit about he mainly wrote short stories. The longer yeah. things that he wrote were still like novellas, you know, like at the Mountains of the Madness most. and uh Charles Dexter Ward. Yeah. The Unknown Dreams of Kadath, I think. Yes, what it's that's absolutely Call of Cthulhu, what it is. Dunwich Horror. Those are even those Dunwich are, Horror those is are even straight shorter. Up short yeah, stories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, Reanimator's novella length. Is it? It's about it's, eighty. It's split pages. up in the oh, chapters. Relative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think I think it gets there. Yeah. So I'm 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 meaning for this to be a general introduction for people who don't know too much about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So they're just like up to date historically speaking. Uh, so some of the interesting things about the Cthulhu mythos is really it's a lot of cosmic horror. So a lot of these entities come from outer space, but they're not like aliens. They're still like monsters and weird. It's not and, sci-fi. Yeah, it's definitely not like. Yeah, it's more like things the size of planets, uh, like incomprehensibly on like non-Euclidean human- geometry. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's something I thought was really cool. Like in Dreams in the Witch House talks about. If you there's a way that you can set up geometry where it become where it's unnatural and you can actually uh, create a portal between dimensions through like pure science basically. Whoa! And he describes witches as being old scientists, you know, that could like abuse the laws of yeah. nature to do this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's really neat. I haven't read that story and now I really want to because you know that geometry shit's right up yeah. my alley. People fucking hate that story for some reason. I think it's uh, it's fine. It's not expertly crafted but there is some of the most direct him just talking about cosmic shit Mm -hmm. uh which i've been i've been reading through a few of them again and it's a lot of them are just like whoa check out this fucking weird shit that happened i mean it's really cool weird shit but they're like narrative wise he's he's very weak most of the time most of his plots are it because they're usually done the the way he hides this in quotes is that he usually tells it from either a past tense journalistic perspective or yeah like a diary during the events so like reanimator is that way where it's like a series essentially a series of shorts or yeah. um 
Shadow Out of Time is a similar way, where he spends a lot of time recounting something that happened and how weird it was when it was happening. Um, and a lot of times the end is, is just yeah. like building up to, and then it turned out to be this crazy shit, the end. Yeah. Well, he also, we have to, <clears throat> I think it's important to put H.P. Lovecraft in the uh, in the context of pulp, like pulp magazines yeah. and pulp literature, because a lot of that shit is that way, like including like Tarzan and the Ape stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Edward Edgar Rice Burroughs writes the Tarzan stories, and he was a pulp writer. But a lot yeah. of these are like, Oh, weird crimes and Dick Tracy types, yeah. like a lot where a lot of these like goofy kind of stories come out. So I think he, he like, uh, or um, what's his name? Uh, Scientology. L. Ron uh, Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard was a pulp writer. These are the kinds was. of stories <laughs> in which like this, that H.P. Lovecraft yeah. writes in. So he, he is, he does a lot, not only for that genre, but for a lot of what we call like the unartistic genres, like naively people call them like horror, sci-fi, you know, gore, like all that shit. Yeah. He really ushers in uh, a couple of aesthetics for that, and like, yeah, you know, I, he's just one of the most memorable pulp writers. Yeah. Mo- most of the, his stories and a lot of the stories written by other people who contributed to the Cthulhu Mythos were published in a magazine called Weird Tales. That was specifically this, this yes. type of writing. Um, but I, I there is times where they do like there is a little bit more plot, even like at the Mountains of Madness. There's like some there's some cool Antarctica yeah. expedition shit, and um, the Dunwich Horror. There is like actual. Finding out there's a monster and then what they do to try to vanquish it, you know, like I yeah, like when there's a yeah. little bit more of. Uh, and those I'm, are also his best stories, not yes. coincidentally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reanimator is actually his least favorite story, I think. His um, least favorite. Yes, he well, didn't like he, writing he at least it. Or very much mean? did not like it because oh, okay. he needed money, and so he specifically wrote like a more action packed action pack to get something to get to get like more pulp money out of it. It and is also one of his best stories. It is. Yeah. It is. I think almost bar none, the most readable story he yeah. writes. Yeah, because so it's he also he uses yeah. like a bunch of big fancy words that make it, they're tiring. So it's like unfor- not necessary. You know what was interesting again in my in the the shallow dive I did into his life. Uh, get, unfortunately, back to the xenophobia and uh, racism was he was very Anglo-centric. He enjoys, or he's like an Anglophile. Like he enjoys England. He believe he literally was like during World War One. He was like, America should stop pussyfooting around and get in there and defend England, because <laughs> he basically saw it as America's homeland. And I'm like, well, technically true. What are you doing, guy? I don't like this. Um, but he advocated for a use of classical English. And he didn't. Oh, he God. didn't like these Amer- people butchering uh, literature with their Americanizations and slang, which were all code words for other people who don't look like me talking the way they do. And it's like, no. So yeah, I remember reading H.P. Lovecraft, and I read the majority of it in high school. And I'll go back to a story every now and then because it is like. Now that I have several degrees in English, it's yeah. not quite as daunting. It's more yeah. like, oh, okay, I can just kind of pass over some of these words. But I remember in high school, I thought like, oh, my God, what amazing writing. It's got all these incredibly complicated and nuanced words with these awesome ideas. And then I became an undergrad, and I started to think, no, I just think he's an asshole. No, I just think he's a huge he fucking dickbag. He just had a thesaurus. It's, it's yeah. thesaurus writing. It's, it's the same. It's the same fucking shitty incels who say "ergo" a lot on Twitter. Like it's the same shit, or use like way bigger words than you need to. Yeah, no, because it doesn't. It never really helps get the point across on anything. No, in fact, it brings that narrative to a dead fucking stop. Yeah, there's a 
there's a coffee mug you can get where it has like a picture of him and one of his quotes from one of his letters. It says, I like coffee exceedingly. <laughs> it's just Jesus like, Christ. Like, that's you. the type of fucking writer. That so there, yeah. Um, but the, the some of the stuff still very cool. Another Very cool. Another concept that uh, yeah. uh, we haven't covered yet in the Cthulhu mythos, particularly in this phase, stage one, is uh, the idea that there are these cosmic entities that are extremely powerful and they're not necessarily evil. We're like humans are just ants to them. So they are off yeah. doing like whatever they do and it's horrific to us and it's uh it's beyond our comprehension. So you usually go insane from viewing any of it and mm-hmm. you're usually just a victim as a byproduct of what they're doing. They're not usually out to get humans. Yeah. I've got a on that same point, if we want to quote, I've got the the very beginning of the Call of Cthulhu here for us, uh, and I think it captures that exact idea pretty yeah, well. Yeah, slap that shit down. Hell yeah. This is uh, from the beginning after the <clears throat> epitaph in the Call of Cthulhu. The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. The sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little. But some day, the piercing together of dissociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and of our own frightful position therein that we shall either go mad from the revelation or flee from the deadly light into the peace and safety of a new dark age. Yeah, and that's probably one of the most famous Lovecraft quotes, because it's like pretty yeah. well encompasses kind of the whole idea about what. It's a pretty good mission statement. Yeah, for yeah, it's like a him mission statement. Yeah. Uh, that's, is there anything else you want to say on that? Cause I'm, I'm going to get into stage two, which is after he dies. I don't have like a particular time for it, but it's mainly, uh, run by August Derleth, which was a friend yes. of his who also, I mean, he wrote a lot of other stuff besides this, but he did write a good number of things that contributed to the Cthulhu mythos. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I could tell, those stories range from 1941 to 1971 was the last time he wrote a mythos story. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Now y'all know a little bit more about this, but the, when you look at the Cthulhu mythos, particularly if you're playing like the Call of Cthulhu role playing game, yes, you start to get an idea. They start to set out like what the the hierarchy of deities is and how all that works. Yeah, that formalization is all August Derleth. Oh, okay. Lovecraft doesn't really talk about it that much. Like he has these entities, he like names things, but he doesn't really give any order to them. The way that this this whole yeah. pantheon is structured is largely Derleth's doing. Which is interesting from that quote you just said because the first part of it seems to be the Lovecraft is the series of dissociated ideas and then Derleth is the coalescing of them together to form this awful, disgusting thing. Yeah, yeah. a few more things that are different from his writing is usually they're, they're more hopeful. It's less just like everybody goes mad and wants to kill themselves. And there's like a lot more of a concept of uh, good versus evil mm-hmm. as mm. well as uh, he shifts the focus from... Yogg-Sothoth to Cthulhu and like attempts yeah. to make these stories more marketable. Cool. Can I ask you, you may not know it, did so did August Derleth like make money off of those oh, relative, yeah. like he was successful as an author in that regard? I don't know how successful he was. I also tried to look up how racist he is, but I couldn't That's find too much. Tough, I, yeah. I didn't have time and I haven't really read any of his stuff. He said, they, honestly, his group from my little study of his thing, like he had the it, it was formed before him, but when he was in New York, Lovecraft joined the Callum Club, K-A-L-E-M, I believe, um, which just group of writers. They all hung out and, you know, talked about stuff. And him being kind of incelly, I guess, is the way to put it. Like, um, uh, Lovecraft? Lovecraft being very, very, like, inward and, like, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, 
he liked all of his friends. I think he just liked having friends to talk to, but did not realize, and they didn't realize with him, uh, that one of his best friends in there was Jewish and most likely a homosexual, as well as a few other ones. Oh, man. And Lovecraft just had no idea since he was very, like, asexual. Yeah, do you know who asexual. it was? Um, I can look it up he real has, quick. He has, like, a main group of friends. I know it's, like, block something block. There's, like, a there's a few of them. I, I was having a hell of a time finding, like, the core group again. I don't know where yeah. I originally read well, about it. Well, he runs into – he has, like, a couple of people that he knew in Providence that he's really good friends with. And, like, one of them follows him to New York um, and joins the club. Uh, Samuel Loveman. Loveman was Jewish but was unaware of Lovecraft's nativist attitudes. Mm. Conversely, it has been suggested that Lovecraft, who disliked mention of sexual matters, was unaware that Loveman and some of his other friends were homosexual. Huh. You know. Look at that. Yeah, like. <laughs> and I know August Derleth, he specifically does, like, tone down a lot of those bad parts about. So I, I don't Good. know to what degree, but that's the only thing I could find is that he yeah. was like toning some of that we stuff We could cool it with that. Also, but he's writing like, in the 60s at a certain yeah, point. Like. It's <laughs> also unclear whether he's doing it just to make them more marketable or whether he actually cares about that stuff. I mean, regardless, yeah. <clears throat> I think it's always, it's interesting to see like what inventors name their stuff and then what people who like, no, 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 no. I don't have the genius to create a thing, but I know what it should be called. It shouldn't be called like the autodidactor. It should be called a microphone. Like, yeah, you know, like, you know, it's shit like that. Some people like, are good at marketing. Yeah. Some people are, their genius is in taking, oh, God, I see this is a cool thing. Cthulhu mythos. Yeah. Right. Fuck a couple of things you're doing, and I'm just going to yeah. win. Then uh, there we go. Uh, we I got ourselves a product. Yeah. I, can I can tell this could be a winner. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought I would also cover kind of how that Pantheon does work. Yeah, bring it yeah, on. Yeah, because there's a tier list. Introduce yeah. us, because I, <laughs> I know a lot of the names, but I don't know where they fall into this Pantheon. Yeah, so being an intro, I'm 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 trying to hit y'all up with like what the most famous stuff is. And I'm, trying, okay. I'm, I'm working my way down here. Slap me with a big one. Okay, so there's, uh, there's the outer gods, right? Cool. The outer gods are like the evil ones, basically. Okay. They're the... The most powerful ones get talked about most often. Word. Uh, they all follow uh, fucking Azathoth, <laughs> who is the blind idiot That's god. my favorite description of all of the gods. Yeah. He's, he's, just, he's some maniac twisting in the wind. Like, well, yeah. I, I recently read that it's possibly that he the whole universe is a dream of his. Sorry, the whole gimmick is he's asleep because they yeah. have the, the flute. There's a There's... demonic flute that they all dance to. Exactly. And it keeps him... Yeah, he's off right, in chill. deep space. So I, I get it. Azathos is the dummy thick god. The clap of his ass cheeks is the universe. We're good. Um, well, it's what he's dreaming. Really, he's not... dreaming of clap ass cheeks. Yeah. Uh, amongst them is also Yogg-Sothoth, who's like. Okay. They always do like maybe his half brother or some shit. I don't fucking know. But uh, <laughs> Yogg-Sothoth is actually in the Dunwich Horror, in which he impregnates like the mom of Lavini wizard Lavinia Waitley. Somehow. I'm reading the book right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, they, the Wizard of Waverly Winnieway Place. No, there's <laughs> the Wizard of Waitley Place. There's the, the Wizard, Wizard of Waverly Waitley no, Place. The Wizard Wilbur Waitley. No. His no. Dad. He's is just. A wizard. They call him. The folks in town call him Wizard Waitley. Yes. He's just known is. as Old Waitley. Yeah. In the most and of the time Lavinia by the Lavinia Waitley has two sons, one of which is Wilbur, Wilbur Waitley, who doesn't all... have a chin. Yes. And. <laughs> Who the they, chinless wonder, the wizard of Waverly <laughs> Whiteley Place, Wilbur. Which, of course, always means they just give him a, like a goatee. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, just 
Uh, and then his brother, who looks more like his father, and is the invisible Dunwich Horror, which is super cool. I think that's pretty but, rad. Uh, yeah. And then they have their like their servant boy, who is also an outer god, Nyarlat Hotep, who is. I have I've always, always read that Nyarlathotep. I've always said it Nyarlathotep. I was gonna say, but I figured Nyar- since I'm Nyarlathotep. gonna actually put this out there, like I know the proper way to pronounce okay. it is Nyarlathotep. But I think Nyarlathotep sounds better. See, I oh god, I kind of dig both actually. Well, Hotep, you, you hear the Egyptian in the hotel, like that's what I'm saying because he loved colonial, like a colonialized version of Egypt. Yeah, for a guy who was super, he loved appropriating other names. Well, he liked he liked the Orientalist yes. idea of Egyptology that it was a an arcane, dark past full of arcane runes and hieroglyphics and dark spells and wizards and yeah. half beasts. Versus yeah. like you know, no, it's just kind of like a religion and a political system and a form of writing. <laughs> like, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, Nyarlat Hotep shows up like all over the place because he's the only outer god that has a personality and he's like he serves the other outer gods and he's the one who like interacts between them and cultists yeah and he has many masks is what they call them so it's like his different forms one of which is like a pharaoh who walks the earth Mm -hmm. fucking converting everybody back in spooky spooky egyptian times you know like word not real egyptian times i guess because it's everything for Lovecraft, everything the aliens in the past, came. anything like, before was pretty much a spooky. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the world was run by cults before. Correct. You know? My God. Uh, he also has, you know, much harsher forms like the Black Man, um, who I think might also just be a figure <laughs> in witchcraft in general. But I don't really know. He just shows up at things. Um, I got some real squinty eyes right here because usually when I think the don't black say man, that that sounds worse. Okay, that, uh, <laughs> I got real squinty <laughs> eyes at the black man. That doesn't sound good. It could be worse. Could be the king in yellow that I got squinty eyes. Oh at, that's no! Neither here nor wow. there. All right, All right. you did that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, no. I mean, because the black man, whenever uh, I hear that, it's old scratch, or they're talking about devil. Like, yes. Uh, I yeah. saw Minnie Proctor talking with the black man, not meaning and, like a black man, but, but like, like the black man. And I yeah. think that's how it's supposed to be intended because it is. The black man. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I just don't like him it's, using it. Exactly. It's Lovecraft using well, it. Because he you always, go, hey, knock it off. Because <laughs> in Dreams in the Witch House, the black man is there and he describes him as, like, you know, the other way. Oh, <laughs> oh yikes. Uh, <laughs> beyond them, there are the elder gods instead of outer gods who are like the good gods, like more normal gods. I don't know. I've okay. never read a, any. I The only ones I know that you might recognize are taken from other pantheons there's bast which i don't i don't remember where mm-hmm. they're from they're like a cat person e- oh that's a G- egyptology yeah. yeah and then uh you definitely know this one taylor is hypnos oh yeah hypnos. yeah god of sleep yeah uh, twin brother of death thanatos where is that greek greek yes yeah Sick. they're both daughters of nyx uh knight according to the theogony yeah and there's a there's a good number of on in both there's like a bunch of others those okay. are just like two the only notable two elder guys, gods yeah. i even recognize their name and then those are like Raiden. the three big outer gods that get mentioned. Uh, and then we come down to the great old ones, which are the ones that are like oftentimes on Earth. They're like gods, but they're not, you know, like Cthulhu's a big monster, basically. He's a great Sort old of one. almost like a Leviathan Titan sort of situation. Yeah, they're maybe? more like Titans. Something like that. They can travel through space and time. Yeah, of course. But they're often like they can only travel when the stars are right. And that's why you keep getting those like cool they have to wait for the elevator yeah like they have to fucking sit there and be like Jesus. yeah so cthulhu used to like roll around doing whatever but at one point when the stars stopped being right he got caught in his city of relais and then mm-hmm. sunk underneath the ocean which is i want to say just southeast of north america 
I was ready in the South Pacific. I don't know. But in I, Call I of know, Cthulhu, they specify where that guy is. They give you the exact coordinates. The so yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is kind of cool because it's like a like within a reasonable number of miles of where the bloop noise happened. Are y'all familiar with this? Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a bloop noise that they recorded where it's, it sounded like something like a like a big old whale or something and it was like very long and loud, but when you speed it up it just goes bloop. <laughs> it like excuse me, like very synthetically, but oh. only if you speed it up all the way. They're, and at that time they didn't have anything that could have made that noise. So they were like what the fuck, yeah. We now know that the bloop noise is the sound of literally tectonic like movement happening. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm there, not sure. There, I, never, I, I'm hearing, I looked up the bloop noise a little while ago. The, the theory was for a bit that like, oh shit, whales make this big noise. And then the bloop noise made an even deeper noise than that. So it's got to be way bigger than fucking whales. And then, you know, someone went, you know, it's bigger than whales. The earth. The earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. No, I, I had heard that they'd figured it out. Last time I checked, they still didn't know. I, I mean, I will say all I'm hearing from him is that giant... You know, stone or earth, you know, like things are moving underneath the yeah. ocean. Like potentially so... non-Euclidean cities. Yeah, exactly. There Just love go. dropping non-Euclidean. It's so good. Like, is it weird? If he gets to do it. I get to yeah. do it. Yeah. Oh, I'm, oh, that's something I wanted to get into. Uh, a couple of words that I've noticed going through. Um, just some quotes of his and passages of things that I had marked. Just certain words that he likes, like cyclopean. Fucking oh, yeah. loves the word yes. cyclopean. For no reason. Never describes a one-eyed thing. Yeah, I mean, well... Correct. Did, Cyclops is just like Cyclopean tomb is like something that comes up a lot. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I know. Scar- I think it means scary tomb. Oh. I think that's what he... I think he read it. He goes, oh, Cyclops is a scary thing. I'll well, just use that to describe other things that are scary. I mean, that's how I read it. Exactly. Yeah. Like Honestly. Some, some yeah. of those words... Oh, well, it's usually like a Cyclopean horror or Cyclopean tale. Like, I noticed yeah. that a lot. Another like, one is uh, Eldritch. 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 What the yeah. fuck does Eldritch mean? <laughs> Eldritch actually does have an appropriate meaning. It just what means like magic. Yeah. Arcane. Again, it's just like type? arcane. Arcane. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. Eldritch. It's awesome. Oh, it does. Like Gary Gygax uses it all the damn time. Eldritch. Oh, like Eldritch Blast. Eldritch, Eldritch Knight. Eldritch for Warlocks this. who have yeah. patrons that are kind of like fucking. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's 5e, but Eldritch has been a word that's been through d oh, yeah, of course, for of course, ages. So another great old one is Haster. Who one of his avatars like forms that he comes to people and is the king in yellow? Yeah, uh, yes. That is originally from uh, the book "The King in Yellow" by Robert Chambers, Robert W. Chambers, and that book is interesting because it's like three really awesome stories about. Mm-hmm. It's usually somebody stumbles across the play, "The King in Yellow," yeah. and they don't. It's clear that the character has stumbled upon it, read it, and gone mad from reading it. Exactly. And then you're usually reading the madness that ensues. But they don't always like directly say that they read The King in Yellow. It's, I, there's a lot of stories out there, not just by Chambers, not just by Lovecraft, where clearly somebody reads The King in Yellow. And they're not explicitly telling you, but it is like... There's just a weird like implied association of, of yeah. like, there's The King in Yellow and then the Which same Which I madness. think... Yeah. that have a real-life correlate to um, The Sorrows of Young Werther by Goethe? Um, uh, I don't know. So the reason I ask is uh, The Sorrows of Young Werther is an epistolary novel by Goethe, uh, and it's famous for being the book after which more people have committed suicide uh, than any other. Yeah. Like, it's just famously a horrifying, 
incredibly like it's an incredibly impactful, sorrowful work. Yeah. Uh, but that's like weirdly the epithet that it's gained. Um, Gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorrows of Young Werther. Yeah, I've never, I've never read it. Don't get that. <laughs> I've never seen them connected, but it could very well be. I don't know what yeah. year that's from. Uh, it would have been long before um, okay. Lovecraft. Goethe cool. was, you know, yeah, right, right, eighteenth century. Um, but yeah, this this book, they the King were, they of were Yellow, called Goethe. Yes, magic yeah. here before. <laughs> but this this book has these stories that are excellent, and then it's like the whole rest of a book of other stories that have nothing to do with it and are like bad. They're like wartime romances, and I'm like, <laughs> hell, what the fuck am I reading? I couldn't finish it, dude, because I'm like, this was so metal, and then you just what's happening? <laughs> My God, this shit is crazy. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to mention the King in Yellow because I really like him and. One of the best things to me in the King and Yellow universe is like season one of True Detective. Thank you. Yeah. Where they keep using just the words. And the to me, King, it is King, a lot yeah. like the, the the Yellow King in that is uh, when when they you see his place near the end, there's like a bunch of books all over the place. And yes. to me, that's like that bitch read the King and Yellow. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. So I thought it was cool. So uh, how did you get into, if we can take a quick diversion really quick, like how did you get into H.P. Lovecraft? I think we talked about this a little bit in the Call of Cthulhu episode, but like wh like, what brought you to these? I, I heard the name Cthulhu somewhere, and I found it evocative, and so I, I sought it out and stumbled across <laughs> all of this. So you're telling me that that guy who took over the Cthulhu Mythos really had a good idea by calling it the Cthulhu Mythos? I mean, Yogg-Sothoth probably would have gotten me too, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Calling it the Cthulhu, I mean, yeah, just something about Cthulhu. Cthulhu's not even my favorite at all, you know? But yeah. Something about those deities. They're just fucking cool. I like that they're big because they're like Godzilla big. You I know? did just want to confirm it. Um, it is absolutely a reference, at least to Chambers' stuff, because the place and the labyrinth that the killer sets up at in True Detective Season 1, he calls Carcosa, Carcosa which yeah. is the city of the King and Yet. Like, that whole situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, very cool. I can go into more depth on the Yellow King stuff. It's fine. But the, oh, save it for another time. He's really hype, yeah, and he's a, wearing That's a whole yellow. different cool. thing. Um, the other only great, o other great old one I wanted to mention is uh, Dagon. Yeah, he's from like one of the, it's like first real Cthulhu mythos yeah. story, uh, and he's just like a big fish guy, pretty much. Uh, he serves Cthulhu, but he's important because he is also the one that all the deep ones serve. And I'm moving now into okay. like the different races that there are, and one of them is the deep ones, which are. Probably xenophobic shit again. Um, they're they're fishmen. You they're, could they're, really just blanket statement. Probably xenophobic thing. Yeah, like. well, it's because he does this thing where a lot of creatures that are on Earth, like the way that you get this shit is genetic. It is like people Ew. are from their genes. One drop. Hybrid deep ones. Oh, no. Yikes. And over Have time, it's like when you get older, you find out you're a deep one. And if you... If your mutation doesn't get all fucked up, then you eventually become like a full non-hybrid deep uh -huh. one, and you get to join them down in Devil's Reef or wherever other city. Is, is that what it's called? That's awesome. That's the one right outside of Innsmouth. Okay, the, okay. The Shadow over Innsmouth is the story that primarily deals with this. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I was thinking about just the story Dagon. I'm like, I don't remember that being. The, no, no. Yeah. For those of you guys who want to read H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, the entire. Like you can find the on the website hplovecraft.com has everything he's ever written for free. All of his stuff's in the public domain now, but there are great collections. Yeah, Barnes and Noble has a sweet leather bound connect collection of some of them. There's a PDF that has all of them uh, out there. The public domain things also also why pretty much 
any movie you find that is a direct adaptation of Lovecraft, barring Reanimator, yep, is bad. <laughs> yeah, like the HP. They're all really Lovecraft. cheap because they don't have to. You don't have to like. You can get an adaptation. You can get right. a name brand thing for essentially free. The HP Lovecraft Historical Society puts out some movies that I think are okay. And then, they're doing uh, fun, like they look like almost reenactments more. Than, like I know yeah. they're movies, obviously, but like yeah, they call it Mythoscope. Yeah, they're, I like that because it's yeah, they're, cool. They're fun. They're campy. Uh, and Spectre Vision, Elijah Woods production mm-hmm. company, is coming out or has already released a movie called uh, The Color Out of Space, which is based on oh the God. story of the which same name. Which looks really good. Looks really cool. Yes. One thing that the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society does especially well, though, now that we're coming up on the Christmas season. Oh, the the Christmas albums. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, what are, what are, uh, no, the solstice albums. That's what they call them. Solstice yeah. albums. Yes. Uh, Those have are very yourself cool. a very scary solstice, um, and have yourself an even scarier solstice. solstice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Uh, <laughs> they do the chipmunk song, but it's slowed down, and it's the deep ones singing. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of stuff like that. I I've, I play it every Christmas. It's very enjoyable. Um, in addition to the deep ones, there is also. At the Mounds of Madness has a bunch of these other ones. There's like the Elder Things, which are an actual alien race with alien technology, and okay. they make a different race called the Shuggath. It's like a worker class. Uh, that oh yeah, yeah, rises yeah. up, but they're the they're more evil than the Elder Things. The worker class yeah. that rises up to escape slavery. So. We're getting to be it. more yeah, evil. This, we yeah. get it. He was a xenophobic yeah. guy who believed in all the right wing things, and communism's bad and. Yep. Screw everyone who's not white. There's also uh, Migo in the Whisperer I like in Darkness. I like them a lot. They like fly through space and put people's brains in jars. And I thought you'd like this. Uh, I, I've got a. Oh no, actually, I'm not the Nigos. It, uh, this is the the, the Night Gaunts. Said Migos. Migos. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm reading. I, I wanted to read you guys. Uh, I had an anecdote about how I've used H.P. Lovecraft, but uh, we'll get yeah. to that later. Oh yeah. Well, I'm just, the only other thing I was gonna say is like a few others are the Bayaki Night Gaunts, Dimensional Night Gaunts. Shamblers, and then the. Uh, the, <laughs> the <laughs> Continue, please. The Hounds of Tindalos, which is where I get oh. my screen name that I use for everything. They are the best. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. So uh, the, the <laughs> Night Gaunts especially, H.B. Uh, Lovecraft wrote a poem about it. And uh, I used to teach English uh, when I was getting beginning my master's. And I used H.B. Lovecraft's poem. Uh, it was really great. Um, and it was something that they were in. They were so tired of reading old dead white men that I gave them this old dead white man. <laughs> and it was a breath of fresh xenophobic air for them. So I wanted to read you this poem because it is really nice. And I think uh, it also captures I mean, it's a cool. lot of the motifs for Lovecraft. I don't know. I just thought sure, people yeah. would like he's, some more he's introduction read a whole here. Poem. Out of what crypt they crawl. I cannot tell, but every night I see the rubbery things, black, horned, and slender with membranous wings. They come in legions on the north wind's swell with obscene clutch that titillates and stings, snatching me off on monstrous voyagings to gray worlds hidden deep in the nightmare's well. Over the jagged peaks of Thok they sweep, heedless of all the cries I make, and down to the nether pits to that foul lake where the puffed shoggoths splash in doubtful sleep. But ho! If only they would make some sound or wear a face where faces should be found. <laughs> yes. That yeah, is very a, good. It's a poem. Very good. It's a it poem. Cool. But no, like the membranous wings, they have no faces. Yeah. I can't scream. You know, they're bringing you down to some city that's hard mm-hmm. to pronounce. Like, it's it's a very Lovecraftian compressed. And I also like it because it shows me that poetry doesn't have to be good. You can just talk about <laughs> cool yeah, shit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's I, poetry I, I would I write. do want to give two shout outs with the... The sub rate, the races you just talked about. Um, I want to shout out my friend Matt for uh, his character 
Keefin Stings hit book my go at Migo. Um, and that's incredible. I want to shout out our friend Sean, who during a Call of Cthulhu session had access to summon a dimensional shambler and died, I think, at least twice before he was able to ever summon his dimensional <laughs> Oh, he never shambler. summoned it. I know. It was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, because uh, he just sat there mumbling. Should have <laughs> <laughs> summoned dimensional, dimensional mumbler. Yeah, like. <laughs> Um, so Call of Cthulhu is very fun because I let these fucking idiots hang out with all these creatures. I was going to say, you get to use these because yeah. a lot of them, Migos, I know, and I keep thinking of the the rapper troupe. So I, just I was keep very thinking confused of when three... they became popular. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, wait a minute. Do I need to listen to them? Are they going to be awesome? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just make a series of like the buzzing Wu-Tang and clicking clan? noises. Yeah, like the Wu-Tang Clan of the Cthulhu mythos, right. the Migos. <laughs> yeah. oh, That's awesome. That'd be really cool. <laughs> we should come up with also a group uh, called the Migos. Also, but just do this exact group. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, Migos is M I hyphen capital yes. G O, so we can. So we avoid the copyright. Yeah. Exactly. It's even per- it's even better. It's a plan. You um, heard it here. Yeah, I just like their description because it is actually a it's a better one than the usual Cyclopean whatever's because mm-hmm. it talks a lot about how they're like they're not made of flesh. Like they have something that is vaguely fungal or vegetable. And, like, how, like, they describe, like, there's no face. It just sort yeah. of spins up in front of them. Like, that was a really cool well, I think description for him. I actually think it's a misconception. Everybody says that Lovecraft does a lot of things where this creature can't be described because it's so unfathomable. But yeah. every single thing that we mentioned here, he describes the absolute physical it's, form. It's it. funny because for almost all of them, he goes, uh, I, literally, I was, listen, I was uh, done at horror, and it was, there was a point where it's like, uh, it would it wouldn't be too fair to say that none of this could be described with a pen, and it's like, uh, okay, are you are you gonna immediately start describing? He immediately started yeah, describing. I mean, there we like, go. Yeah. Thank you for immediately that. Immediately started going into yeah. it. Like, to be fair, most like Yogg-Sothoth, Azathoth, and the Shalgas are all basically just kind of weird flesh bubbles put together. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know who is it so, nowadays? You know? Honestly, like Wilbur Wait- Waitley is more. Of an interesting description because he gets to go from top to bottom of like weird goat kind of head features, yeah. some scaly non-scale weirdness, and then like a really weird description of the lower body. But like, yeah, most of them it's like he, you know, his tendrils slithered and slashed back and forth. You're like, okay, I get it. It's a big kind of squid thing, probably. Very yeah. It's loud. Maybe Tentacles. an eye or two. Maybe not an eye. I really like Wilbur yeah. Waitley because he. He is mostly human, and he, during yes. the story, he breaks into Miskatonic to yes. steal the Necronomicon and gets ripped apart by dogs. Dog kills him. Yeah, a couple dogs kill That's him. I, yeah. To me, there's something pretty scary about that. You come in, and like a dog is ripped apart a person, and he's like kind of fucked up, you know, but not like full monster. Oh it's yeah, that's the like, horrid thing. They're like, yeah. oh, like the the Armitage fucking comes in, and he's like, oh my god, <laughs> what is that? And it's just yeah, like it's funny because they have a very long sequence of uh, Armitage reading the Necronomicon and Lovecraft <laughs> just describing how sweaty he's getting. <laughs> <laughs> a sweaty man who looked at what dogs just feasted on. Yeah. He sweatily turned the sweat-stained page. <laughs> but that's uh, that's all I wanted to cover of the mythos explicitly. Uh, now that I, I leave the floor open to y'all, why why you can either talk about what's your favorite story creature or why you think uh, C- the Cthulhu mythos has been so influential in horror and other things. Ooh, I I have a theory about why the Cthulhu mythos 
was so influential. Um, I think it's one of those things where whenever you find something that no one else knows about, it seems really precious. Like it seems really cool when you discover this for yourself and mm-hmm. no, it's your thing. It's your thing. And you, and you get to show this to people. Yeah. So it's now it's imagine probably important to mention that Lovecraft did not ever make a living off of this shit. He died thinking that he was the failure, which is good. Again, going through, yeah, going right. through his personally good. Just because yeah, like, that's, that's justice. Fucking, when he, even when they put him down in the ground, he made his tombstone say, I am Providence, which is the place. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was actually, Oh, is it somebody else? I that looked did that this for up. Him? He, the society, like fifty years later, uh, put that quote on there because he had he had said that before. Oh, but he said it. He, oh, <laughs> it is definitely an attributable quote. They just went, let's throw a stone is down it for him. Fucking RISD in Providence, like the Rhode Island School of Design. Yeah. Wow, I hope they all throw fun parties and tap dance around his grave. <laughs> like, good God. Anyway, sorry, Bunch Taylor. Of art students, you were saying. But now imagine that same, uh, like, fun thing that happens when you are the, the person who discovers this one cool thing. And now imagine that four people who found that, one of whom is Stephen King, another one is Guillermo del Toro, and another one. So it's like they just, yeah. I think some really influential people accidentally found a thing and it became precious because it wasn't popular. Like no one knew what this shit was. And they were all weird kids who read weird shit as kids. Well, see, I think amongst weird fiction, and this is, I'm not just saying weird, fi- weird fiction is like a tar- it's like a genre. Capital almost. W. To be, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think amongst weird fiction, he was like relatively well known in it because it, it's all over yeah. the place that it starts to spring up. Like, and to me, in my mind, really, there's like Edgar Allan Poe in the 1800s. H.P. Lovecraft in the 1900s, Stephen King, forever in, uh, <laughs> onwards. Yeah, 1970s I mean, uh, onwards, yeah. yeah. There's a, a, a line that H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> takes. Clive that... Barker tried, and then they went, no, uh, more dude, Stephen King. Everybody was like, thumbs up, but Clive Barker did like a small span of horror at the beginning. He's like, I'm done. I'm just going to do more fantasy stuff now. And he's like, no. No, wait no, a minute. No. Ah, well, fuck it. I'm making Terminator. No, you're not. Yes, I am. That's mine. <laughs> and that, that was, sorry, that was a dialogue between James Cameron and... Clive Barker, when Clive Barker sued the pants off of James Cameron. What happened there? Uh, so the Terminator is loosely based on one of Clive Barker's stories, and it is not attributed to him in the original oh, cut. I was not aware of so that. So Clive Barker sued the absolute piss out of James Cameron forever until, like, I don't know, he finally, James Cameron shuffled off an extra $100 million that he had yeah. lying under his couch or something. And now <laughs> at the beginning of the Terminator, or at the end of the Terminator, the beginning of some credit says, based on the story, something by Clive Barker. Very Ooh. cool, very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. What? So what? did you have something to say on the... Oh, I just wanted to say what's interesting um, about his horror, because you kind of brought it in, we heard it in the mission statement, a lot of those things is, uh, from all accounts, it's Clive Barker. Clive Barker. Sorry, Clive Barker is fine. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft lived a life of mostly tragedy and depression, mm. uh, which were ripe for him to start putting in xenophobia and racism everywhere. Um, yeah, he's not like he a was, macho asshole, by the way. He's like an anxious little stay inside, shut in. He boy. literally. He's an yeah. I, I was reading literally stories. Literally, yeah, that's exactly I was, what it is. <laughs> I was reading. Well, I mean, he had a wife, and she. She actually, hilariously enough, there is a description here where she they divorced, didn't they? They, they, am, they amicably, amicably divorced because yeah, she wanted some vitamin D were, and had to get out of Providence for it. You know what I mean? Well, I, she not was exactly traveling it's kind of, it's all little, of the time, and he was living in New York for most of that time. Then he came back to Providence and then was like, 
we should they went we should probably get a divorce and they went okay bye Can i you? think he lived in brooklyn and fucking hated it because uh, of all the honestly others. what's interesting is so the horror in red hook is the easiest example of his time in brooklyn where mm. he is fucking miserable and hates everything about it mostly because it's an immigrant community at the yep. time um but he is still fucking really depressed and sad Can uh you? cool air is a small story of his yep. i think it's cool air uh, that I actually like a lot. It's good, but it, it's it's gotten like mixed to negative reviews, from what I understand. I just want to imagine the Lovecraft marriage from the wife's perspective, really quick. So my husband doesn't like to have sex with me, and he keeps hanging out with this really tight knit group of friends down in New York. And I know <laughs> several of those dudes are gay. Hmm. I, I don't. I don't really think this yeah. is gonna happen. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not getting the right vibes off the man. I'm supposed to be like well, be you sharing said she a marriage bed. Vitamin D. Oh, and I'm because really unsure whether you meant sunlight because he did stay inside all the time, or you meant dick because I, he didn't like. I meant because Providence, Probably Rhode both. Island, is in the like New England, and I imagine that being dark and murky, yeah. and also because she was in a sexless marriage, thus the double entendre of so, D. Uh, it vitamin D. Based when they were physically separated yes it was mostly a sexist marriage because you're not around uh she did uh there is a description here that says uh she did describe him as a i think it was i think it was adequate i think she said he was an adequate lover or a capable lover uh but those are different but that she had to um that she had (laughs) to initiate every step of the romance so basically he was like not goodies back to well, relay we go so uh, again this is another part of him his relationship with his mother <laughs> is oh, yeah. all kinds of fucked up because she was very possessive norman. potentially yeah, like <laughs> norman maybe not to that extent but yeah like essentially sure? that i mean probably you got to see a um, picture of lovecraft by the way because he's got a long weird yeah. skinny head like he was made out of oh, claymation there is a there is a claim from his mom's friend where his mom, his mom and HP uh, Howard were at a thing, and he went off to do whatever. And the mom tells this friend, uh, he is so ugly, <laughs> like it, she calls him so ugly that he won't like go out. He doesn't want to be looked at when he walks out on the sidewalk, and it's just like, and the the friend goes. No, he's fine. And it's just like, and Susie maintained her stance. It's like, <laughs> oh, wow. You just, <laughs> Jesus. You yeah. just went, wow, look at my ugly as fuck son. And my friend went, no, he's fine. He's like, no, he's uh, ugly sure, as fuck. I'm sure that the story of the outsider had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but like going back to your original point at the end, like how do we separate uh, an artist who is a problematic figure from a, like a, a an oeuvre, which is incredibly influential. And I think, at the end of it, you have to take both because it's clear that you don't get horrifying cosmic tentacly monsters without like a really broken person behind that. In this case, in this case, like that story, I think we can clearly see that the idiosyncrasies of his uh, rearing and of his person not only manifested themselves in the weird tales of cosmic horror, but also manifested themselves in some nativist, xenophobic, racist, asexual, or at least sexually confused feelings. Like, I think this stuff all happens together. Like, if you want, if you're the kind of person who wants a full picture of the art, it's hard to unravel it from the artist in this case. But I was going to say, I mean, a lot of his stories in certain periods of time, why they are so like the themes of this inescapable horror, this unknowable horror that we can't even, you know, fathom and 
how it is a lot of them are hopeless. Like a lot of them end mm-hmm. with even if the person escapes, either no one fucking believes them so it can happen again or they're driven mad and go to an asylum a lot of times. Lovecraft was super fucking depressed and suicidal a lot of the times when he was writing these. So that hopelessness feeling yeah. definitely persists like throughout his work. That's I think a lot of the good stuff from his stories is because he's like depressed and going through shit and has had a terrible life, not because yeah. of his xenophobia, you know. No, oh, no, absolutely. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that like the, the good fuel, like a yeah. shitty fuel no, made no, no, a no. good flame here. I'm just saying, no, I'm saying that like the two things that came out of H.P. Lovecraft were his art and all of these bigoty things. Like, you know, whatever. Both stemming from they, that fuel from of him. the depression and that sort yeah. of thing. I have no idea. I just, I, all I, I came here to say he's racist and his <laughs> some of his stuff was good. I think uh, we can all agree on that. I was going to say, especially since this is a Cthulhu Mythos episode, technically. Yeah. Uh, thanks, August Derleth. I do, if, yeah. e- even if you're less racist than Lovecraft, it's eh, thanks for being a pal. Apparently, his stories Thank aren't you. very good, but but he set all this stuff up. Hey, so you know his whatever. genius was the marketing. We all know it exactly. Yeah. So thanks. He has the franchise Man. rights to the. Please, <laughs> please don't be racist. I'll, please don't, don't be racist. I'll Google you more eventually. <sighs> we'll find out. We'll find out. So what about uh, some some good stories for people to take away? Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, The Call of Cthulhu, perhaps the most famous story. Yeah, dude, there's awesome fucking hunting cults in the bayou and sailors going to relay and shit. It's God, like, that's where crazy. I learned the word base relief or boss relief. I the still can't. Bar relief. Bar bar relief. relief. Bar God relief. God damn it. it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's uh, like when something's etched into stone, so uh, like carved in, and then whatever is pushed up is the thing you're supposed to be looking at. Like, you know, like how you make a stencil for ink? It's like that. Sure. All right. No, cool. You know what I mean. What a relief. <laughs> uh, I like uh, I like the Whisperer in Darkness a lot. Very good. Um, Migos. Yeah, Migos are fucking dope. Uh, listen to that one get one song they yeah. have. It's really good. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> fucking. I've watched. Listen. No, read Reanimator. Uh, oh, Reanimator's good. Yeah. Check out Pikmin's model and the music of Eric Zan for two like. We, music of Eric Zan's really good. Those, those two I think are very good, and those are. I fucks with that one. Yeah. Uh, fucking cooler. I, I'm fine with cooler. I was gonna. I thought we were just doing mythos. Sorry, that was my confusion. I thought we were just doing mythos. Yeah, cool air is fucking dope. Oh yeah, I mean that's all, yeah, it's yeah. all like generally pretty much. It's technically kind of in it anyway. Yeah. Probably. I feel like anything that Lovecraft writes is really in mythos, his universe. Yeah. yeah, he's not writing it out of it. The yeah. one that scared me the most uh, was definitely the rats in the walls. Mm. Oh, uh, that one. I am formally just gonna put the trigger warning. That cat's in the book. Oh yeah, oh, the cats that cat's in the, in the story. Yeah, just a trigger warning for you. If if you're fine with that, cool. No yeah. one's fine with it. You just gotta. It's just. Happens. I'm saying, like, if you can deal with it, like. Yeah, because you can get the his entire collection as an audiobook on Audible, oh, but you have to listen. They to that say out it loud. They say it every time. Uh, there's also the Shadow over Innsmouth with the Deep Ones. That's okay. a, that's another classic. I'm uh, working through Dunwich Horror right now, and I like Dunwich it. Horror is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, Color Out of Space you should read just so you can watch that movie it's fine I remember being able to like watch in quotes a version of Color Out of Space while I was reading it which is a good sign Mm -hmm. which makes me hopeful for the film again as well because it's like okay if you can visualize this pretty well it hopefully can become a movie but yeah the concept's just kind of cool it's just like a cool alien basically Um, so Whenever somebody makes a movie, they really get they get to write their whole own narrative. Exactly. Yeah, so that's I think that's the case with a lot of it. And the best part about his stories is that there's a fucking million of them. There, there's 
tons of them. Of Lovecraft? Yeah, there's like 900 pages of this shit. I mean, the the full collected audiobook is like 40 some hours. That's pretty damn long, dude. Dude, that's, that's the length of thousands. Stephen King's tit. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, that famously brief novel, Stephen King's tit. Yeah, but it's, it's one book, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but these are all short stories, which means, and they're all, like, yeah. the, the I'll put it this way, like, the longest ones run, like, four hours on Audible? Like, yeah, it's... So that means there's a fuckload of story. Like I don't know. I contend it would take you way if let's say exact same number of words. Stephen King's tit, the collected works of H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> saying it's tit. gonna take you it's so about children. damn Stop long to read those H.P. Lovecraft stories. <laughs> don't tell us we're being inappropriate with the children in it. Okay. <laughs> Unacceptable yeah. things happen. There. Stephen so King sorry. was the one who was inappropriate with the children in tit. Yes. <laughs> tit is the least bad part word that could be in that book. Brian, I'm I'm done with all of you. <laughs> I wish this was some unnameable horror that I could look at and go mad and forget. Yeah, unnameable horror, shit. which I will now name. Oh, by the way, I saw it on um on Amazon. I was looking for the bad shitty movies. Um, and I just loved the title of it. Is apparently Lovecraft has a short story called The Terrible Old Man. And I'm like, I love that so much. I don't, I don't know if I've read that. I don't know why, but I love that so much. God, I'm not gonna lie. There's something about that title that just makes me wanna. Yeah, I'll get back to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, The Outsider is also one that I, okay. I mentioned. I do like that one a lot. Very cool. good. Yeah, that's a good, that's a solid reading list that we got going on. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, I think that's, uh, that's all I had. Oh, folks. yeah, man. Well, as always, you can find us on our Twitter, Are Instagram. Are we friends? I was going to circle back to it. How do you do that? <laughs> you know that's the go-home sequence, is just plugging our shit. All right. <laughs> Jorge, <laughs> yes. What do you think, buddy? Uh, yeah, we're friends. We all we all appropriately flamed Lovecraft and, <laughs> and uh, had a had a good time with with the with the concepts and the things he wrote about. I would absolutely say yes as well. It's all spooky and weird. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's Lovecraft is a big part of my friendship with a lot of my friends, um, and it's definitely something I've always enjoyed reading. Yeah, big time. Cool. Hell, hell yeah. Well, if you want to find these or other unfathomable tentacly horrors, you can always find them here on our podcast, Are We Friends, or on our Twitter and Instagram, both of which are at underscore are we friends, all one word, or on our website at r-we-friends.com. Please hit us up. We love to hear your comments. Uh, message us wherever you want to. We also have an email chain that, uh, not an email chain, an email, uh, an email. <laughs> we have an email list on uh... our website under our contact us. So okay. hit us, like, rate, subscribe. Uh, we love hearing from you guys and help us help us be cool. Send us any questions if you have them. For sure, I have been your addle-minded, miscatonic professor of. Egypt semiols Egyptological falling apart at the same semiology Taylor. Uh, I have been your non-Euclidean Cyclopean co-host Brian, and I'm still just Jorge, and we shall be haunting your dreams next week. <laughs>